On today's episode, we ask the question, why trust a funeral professional? Benny gives us the 411. I sure did. So listen in. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. Hi, I'm Benny Capal, and I'm a funeral professional. And I'm Nicholas Capal, a psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Let's do it. Welcome back to Let's Talk About Death. Today we're going to talk about why trust a funeral professional. And let me pose it this way. I still get questions from people asking me, why do we need funeral directors? And I think this would be a perfect way to explain not only why do why do we think you need a funeral uh, director, but why is there value in the funeral profession itself? So, Benny, take it away. Where, where to start with this? There's a lot that go into <clears throat> going back to what I've always said, a funeral professional, in my opinion, a funeral professional. So let's, let's de- define this. A funeral professional is a licensed funeral director slash embalmer. In some states, you can be one or the other. In my state, you have to be licensed as both, which in the state of Michigan, let me go through the curriculum here, just so people have an idea for the, the people who are writing down the educational uh, benefits of this. So I have to go through high school. I have to then get an associate's degree and then a bachelor's degree in an accredited mortuary science school, which in Michigan, there is only one at Wayne State University. But you can also go to other schools such as uh, Cincinnati, the College of Cincinnati, or you can go to Warsham, which is in, I think, Chicago, um, or usually in states around us, there's there's one college, but you still have to come back and take the national exam and the state exam. Let me go back to that. So you have to have a associate's degree and a bachelor's degree, more importantly, a bachelor's degree in mortuary science, which is if you go through it, a four-year process. But let's be honest, it most, most likely will take you five years to get through. You also have to pass what they call the national conference boards. Think about this, Doc. This is something that no other bachelor's degree has you has has you have to do has you have to do that sounds so silly but as you, as you have, have to, to do, do um you have to pass uh the national board which is t- set up in two different tests you have an arts and you have a science you have to pass those and then once you pass those then you can take your state board which is um a, uh, a board exam based on your state so laws in the state of michigan that a funeral director would have to know for instance, what color flags do you need for a funeral profession or prof- profession procession? Um, who has the uh, right right away in a funeral procession? These these types of questions come up in the state exam. Once you pass all of that, you still also have to have six months of apprenticeship if you've already graduated from college, or if you haven't graduated from college, you have to have a year apprenticeship. Um, so all of that needs to be done before you are licensed and accredited. So there is, uh, a educational standpoint to begin with. So you have to go through four years of college. Let's say that if, if you're, if you're lucky enough to get through it in four years, four years of college, then you have to take national exams, which you have to prepare for a state exam and then basically a year apprenticeship. So you're talking six years, five to six years to become a funeral professional. Um, and be fully licensed. 
historically there has always been funeral professionals um, or funeral directors or embalmers or a little bit of both. Why is a funeral director important? I think it goes back to a saying, and yet again, I can never remember who said it, but you can base how a society is and how they treat their dead. I 100% agree with this. Um, I grew up in a family-owned and operated funeral home that has been going for 85 years now, and uh, we have four generations of Kapals. I'm, I'm the fourth generation. My dad's the third, his dad's the second, and his dad is the first with his brother started uh, Kapal Funeral Home in Ida, Michigan. I can tell you from my experience of families that have had a better experience into their grieving because of what my father has done and his father has done before in the past. The benefits of a funeral director are, A, we are educated in this, so we have knowledge in how to take care of a deceased, especially if you want your deceased shown um, in a safe, um, healthy environment. Um, Not to mention, we are the only ones that can sign certain documents, so there's a legal uh, process to being a funeral director on top of there is a psychological and after uh, a psychological aspect of funeral directing, which is which is honestly, I think, the most important part of our job, which is helping families navigate grief during at need of a death, which at need means during a death. Um, we also have uh, the knowledge to educate families on the importance of setting up the so-called funeral uh, arrangements or pre-need. Um, whether monetarily or not, to help the family um, not only understand what their loved one wanted, but actually have what the loved one has already picked out. Um, And if there is monetary also, then the family that is doing the arrangements doesn't have to usually tend to deal with any monetary at all. If you haven't gone through a death and have been the beneficiary or um, the executor or uh, the next of kin, It can be a long and grueling process with all the paperwork that you have to do outside of the funeral and the death of your loved one. For instance, getting names off properties, getting names off vehicles, um, uh, uh, having to deal with probate if you have to go down that road. These all are advice and things that a funeral professional knows, uh, knows enough about to help you get through these. Also, if your loved one was a veteran, how do you get um, the bronze marker that you're entitled to or possible monetary because of depending on when they served and how they served? And more important, most importantly, the flag. How do you get presented the flag? These are all things that funeral directors do. Death certificates, where your loved one died. I know this is the boring part, and I, I just want to say that there's so many facets to what a funeral professional does that I really want to make it clear that it's not just taking care of your loved one, because I think that's where a lot of people get lost, Doc. I think people look at funeral directors and they see these extreme bills and say, why am I paying a funeral director that amount um, for him to take my loved one, and especially in direct cremation scenarios, and literally just take my loved one to a crematory? If only, Doc, that was as simple as that. That is not how it works. There are costs that go into it. Um, 
there is extra outside costs that people don't even know about that happen. For instance, a cemetery has their own charges for opening a grave or buying a plot. Um, a crematory has their own charges. Also, there's uh, there's just so much that if anything, if anything outside, let's say you don't, you get the first non-empathetic funeral director out there. It he he or she will help you navigate through the that trudgy perspective that is when a death occurs. That's one reason why you need to use a funeral director. Trust is the main word that I think is interesting and and think the most important part, Doc, of your question. Why should you trust a funeral director? Because if you can't trust a funeral director with your loved one, who do you trust? Right? Isn't that isn't that the scary part? If you can't trust a funeral director, that's a very scary process. And now you're dealing with grief and grieving, and you can't even trust a funeral professional, which is understandable if you don't know any funeral directors, right? How do you trust somebody you don't know? Um, luckily, I am in a very small community, so most people have seen me or at least have dealt with dad in the past. So they kind of ex- they kind of know what to expect when coming to Kapal funeral. But let's let's flip that around, Doc. Let's say they haven't experienced that or they've moved from a different community. Now they're dealing with a funeral director the first time. I can assure you, most funeral directors get into this not to make big bucks, because I can assure you that's not how it is. Um, they get into it to take care of families. They don't put all this time in to get their education done, to pass their national board, to pass their state boards, um, to be on call 24-7, 365, to not take care of families. This is this is not something you get into for the paycheck. If you're in it for the paycheck, those are tend to be the funeral directors that don't last long in this profession. The funeral directors that have been doing this for a long time, there's a reason for it. They They take their job extremely serious and they see the value of your loved one. And to be honest with you, the most value you can give somebody is trust. And why should you trust a funeral director? I would challenge you to trust a funeral director. And if you don't trust your funeral director, before before you have to make those hard decisions, go out and start talking to funeral directors or go find a funeral director you feel comfortable and safe with. Because to be honest with you, they are not here to make your jobs worse than they already are. Your job becomes extremely tough when you're dealing with the the loss of your loved one. Have somebody in your corner. I, I can assure you that 90% of funeral directors out there care. So, Doc, you know, why why do you, why should you why should you think, in your opinion as a psychologist, why should you trust a funeral professional? I just think that one of the things that I come across in my experience is that most of the the, the people. Um, that I talk to, you know, obviously when I see them in my room, um, for the most part, it's it's after the funeral has, has been done and finished um, or the, you know, the celebration of life or uh, memorial service has all been completed. And a lot of them will say, you know, thank God that they were there. Right. Thank God that um, we had someone who kind of guided us and showed us the, the the right way. With that being said, there's always, you know, with everything else, there's, you know, a low percentage of a couple of them that may made the comment that, you know, I was rushed or I was pushed or I didn't feel 
I didn't feel like they were, I didn't feel a connection to them, whether it was they were cold or standoffish or um, pushy. And, and I think just like therapists, right? You know, let's, let's be real. Um, for anybody who's gone out and sought out uh, therapy, um, I could tell you that there is great therapists out there. There is also some terrible ones. Um, and I think that there's just some that just don't match your personality. You know, just like anything else, you can walk into, you know, a store and they might be a, a phenomenal uh, salesperson on a normal day basis, but maybe because of who they are or how they how they interact with you, you just don't feel safe or comfortable with them. And and again, it's nothing that they personally did. It just may be who they are. And if that's the case, go find someone that you do feel you know comfortable and and personable with. I I think uh, again, I, just like anything else, I think de- depending on where you live, I think that there is just almost like a tradition that this is where we go, right? And that's amazing if you feel comfortable and safe there. But if you don't, if you don't know the funeral director and you like someone else or a therapist that you come across that you you just don't feel like you mesh with, you need to go find someone that you feel comfortable with. So I guess my thing is, is that why, I guess the reason why I bring this question up is I think that there's a lot of people out there that do question, why do we need funeral directors? What is their purpose? I think if we can bring back people to understand the value of what this um job can do for people and how they can be so helpful and beneficial at a time of need. I think people would, wouldn't question funeral directors as much anymore. Um, but I also think that unfortunately due to previous, um, you know, bad cases in the media or whatever, or watching, you know, uh, Hollywood's depiction of what funeral directors do. I think people started questioning why is there, why should we trust them? Why should we value them? And I think one of the things I wish that maybe hopefully this podcast can do, um, at least for all the listeners out there listening to Benny here, is that we are trying desperately to educate, to reach out to you, to tell you the importance of this stuff. And yeah, this is a hard topic to talk about, um, but I also think it's so valued and we need to do this. And I think for a lot of listeners out there, that maybe question what is the value of you know a funeral or a funeral director or a funeral home. Hopefully, this kind of clears it up. Absolutely. Well, and, and then we could flip this, Doc. Right. So, like, should you trust a psychologist? Should you trust a doctor, a medical professional? Should you trust an attorney? You know, th- th- we could we could flip this on everybody. I think the problem that comes down to is a funeral professional is dealing with death. So therefore, it's already a sticky, scary for some, um, mysterious for others. Uh, And you're dealing with families during possibly the roughest times of their life. So you're dealing with them when they're not in their normal, and I say normal with quotes right now and with my little bunny ears, normal uh, attitude. You know, you're dealing with families that have extra, uh, extra anger or extra closed off. And you're absolutely right, Doc. I'm sure that I'm not going to 100% click with every family I come across. I'm going to try my best. And I think that at the end of the day, that's the best you could do. I was always taught as a funeral professional, if you treat every family like it was your own family, you'll be just fine. So if I can come into it and be like, how would I treat 
Doc Nick coming in and, and talking to me about his wife or, um, you know, uh, one of my friends or, or, you know, if you can treat every family like they mean something, if you could be empathetic as best as possible, you're going to do the best you can. Honestly, it's extremely tough sometimes to help na- families navigate it, especially if those families don't want to have anything to do with it, not because of you or not because of the funeral home, but because they just lost their loved one. They don't want to deal with anything. They want they want their loved one back. And I think that's where this comes down to. And you're absolutely right, Doc. The media does not portray funeral directors great. I always joke about it, but it's so true. You never read an article about a funeral director doing a thousandth funeral and it went well. You know, you hear about the funeral home that has um, cremated remains hidden in the in the ceiling or um, funeral director or uh, wrong body in the casket. Like that's the kind of stuff you read about. So you just assume that's how every funeral director is. I can assure you, that 90% of funeral directors aren't that way. Um, and, and, and that's the thing, too, to think about. When it comes to the new funeral directors coming out, Doc, this is this is something. When it, you, know, you go back 20 years ago, it was all males, and it was all mostly kids of funeral directors, right? So they, they had a reason. They had an extra reason because they were going to get the business. Most of the people that are coming out of mortuary science right now are A, female, and B, have never, are not part of family firms and have possibly never stepped foot in a funeral home. So they're coming out strictly because they want to do something good for their community and they want to help people that are dealing with loss. That's incredible to think about because they're doing this for the right reasons, not because they're just going to get a business. I am a son of a funeral director. I, I I have nothing but applause for the new funeral directors coming out. Not saying that I don't care for families. I completely do. But it is a lot easier when you know that it's something that is going to be eventually yours. You know what I mean? That, that, that there, there's, there's, that's just a human thing to, to want to do, to strive for a legacy. But if you don't even have that and you want to do something like this, which this is very impactful. This is very traumatic. This is very... Um, dark at times uh, occupation. And sometimes it's very isolating because of questions like this, Doc. To me, it's a no brainer, but I can understand with, especially with not only what we talk about, but just in general, people don't have a good impression on death to begin with. So of course the death professional is not going to look good to them regardless. And it's a scary time, right? You just lost your loved one. You don't want this person taking your loved one away from you. Even if they're the most delicate person at all, you want that person to stay and you wanted the person to wake up is what you want. And the problem is you can't. So I think you actually, you nailed it, Doc. If, if you don't know a funeral director you trust, talk to the people you love. Talk to your close friends and family. I'm sure they're going to tell you that because f- people like to do that, right? You, you know, a good mechanic down the road, yeah. Tony. Tony's a good mechanic down the road. I'm sure they're going to give well, you. Well, they'll for sure tell you the the bad ones, too. Oh, so. yeah. They, you, you don't want to go to old Frederick down there. and <laughs> Yeah, he'll you won't have your car back. But no, I think, why should you trust a funeral director? I, I, let's change that question to, I challenge you to trust a funeral director. How about that? How about that, Doc? Do you like that? I like it. All right, Doc. Well. I think it's that time again. A Q&A time. Q&A, Q&A, everyone loves that Q&A. All right. Q 
Q's and A's. Mix those A's with those Q's. All right, Doc. Preparing to attend my father's assisted death. My father, 56, has terminal cancer and has chosen to die this Wednesday using the MAID medical assisted in death program, which is legal in Canada. He has offered the family, he's offered that the family can come if they want to. I very much want to attend my father's last moments. It means a lot to me that he he be surrounded by his family, but I don't know how I will keep it together. I don't want his last moment to be of his family crying as he dies, but I also don't want that I can, that I can, that I can't or know how to suppress that. I worry that if I go and cry, it will make it worse for him, but I want to go. Do you guys have any advice? My family has had a great deal of death, but nothing has impacted me like this. So first things first, I I do want to clarify that this is a very tough, tough situation. Um, My father is um, still breathing and still with us. Um, I can't imagine watching him die, nor do I want to. So let me make that very clear to start this off. But I also want to normalize this situation because I think this uh, medically assisted um, in death is going to be um, coming if it's not in our state, which it isn't right now currently in Michigan. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's there soon. Um, There is states in the United States that have uh, there is states in In the the United United States. States. Wow. Well, that's a repeat in the United States. There's there is some states in the United States so far that that are allowing it. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if Michigan becomes one of them. With that being said. I've always been a firm believer that it is a beautiful thing to be a part of someone's um, final um, breath, someone's final day. But with that being said, it is very tough to to be a part of that. If, you know, the, this whole idea of holding it together, my, my question for this person would be, why do you need to? Why is there a rule that you can't be emotional or open or um, be transparent about your feelings? I think this is a problem we as a society deal with on a daily basis is that we're not allowed to show feelings. Especially for the men, right? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can't do that. You can't cry. No, that's silliness. And because unfortunately, those that that same kind of uh, mentality is what's going to bring you into my office later on in life. Because we need to let emotions out. Gosh, they're finding out that uh, you know even in tears there is a medical reason why we we cry. Right? Tears might you know from this research I was reading tears actually have a healing process to them right they actually have a natural painkiller in them there's a physically physical reason for the reason why we cry there is nothing wrong with breaking down right breaking down does not mean you're broken that's an interesting fact that we call it breaking down you're not broken you're just human you're living you're experiencing life is not easy If life was only happy all the time, you would not know how to feel happy. You wouldn't feel happiness. Because without sadness, without the yin and the yang, you would never know what happiness truly is. Those tears may be sad, but there's there's also the tear of joy too, right? That I'm able to be with my father for, for his last day. I'm able to to stare him in the face as as he accepts his new um 
ne- next stage, whatever that is, you know, whatever you believe in. But I also think that that is important that we talk about this because this is going to happen more and more frequently. And I think that people are going to, uh, are going to unfortunately miss out on a, on a situation that could be super beneficial for them because they're worried about breaking down. I want to change that to they're worried about being human. Why are we so worried about showing emotion? Why? Why? I think that's, that's what makes us beautiful. That's what makes us humans. We need to show that emotion. And that's going to train the future generations that it's acceptable, that it's okay. That's okay that you, you know, I saw dad cry at grandpa's death. Great. Now they don't feel uncomfortable the next time they lose something. So I, I would really advise this person that I would really check and challenge that thought about breaking down. You're not broken. You are human. You are allowed to feel and you should feel. I'm Dr. Nick, and that's my thoughts. Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I you, you summed it up so well. I'm not gonna not gonna uh, keep keep beating the same dead horse, but I think to be honest with you, you 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 bring it up. It, it sounds like you want to be there, so be there. If you're trying to suppress your thoughts and your emotions, you're not actually there. It is something that Doc Nick and I had the opportunity to watch our grandfather take his last breaths and it is something that i think everybody should go through if they have the opportunity to because it is beautiful as much as it is hard to watch and as much as it's challenging there was some beauty in it and and honestly for for me and i can't speak for doc nick but i'm assuming something similar he's gonna he would think it's a life-changing moment and there is nothing more than I would assume your dad wants than you being there and he wants you being there, which means you being present and you being present is you letting go of your emotions. So hell yeah, cry it out because that's just showing that you loved your father and I'm Benny and that's all I got to talk about. So thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for that awesome question. Like that was that, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. But if you have more questions or if you have thoughts, maybe on, you trust a funeral director. Maybe you don't trust a funeral director. Maybe you want to know of good funeral directors in the area of where you're from. Please send us any of your questions or thoughts, or maybe like I always say, your your newest song that you came across that was really good, a banger, at let's talk about death pod at gmail.com. Share us with your friends, like us, review us, send us all the likes and the loves and the reviews. Because if you're not talking about death, you aren't living. <laughs>